Lord, I thank you that you are so, so, so good. <laughs> you are outrageously good. And Lord, I thank you that the plans that you have for every single person that's sitting here. And Daddy, I just declare this morning that your sons and your daughters are here. <laughs> um, the ones that you love are here. And Lord, I thank you for just releasing destiny in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you for just speaking to us. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Come and have your way. Come and just be with us. You are our honorary guest here this morning. It's, it's all about you. <laughs> it's all about you, Jesus. We lift you up in this place. And, and we yield to you, Holy Spirit, to come and, come and have your way. Come and do what, what only you can do. And I thank you for that, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking for my Bible. I put it somewhere. I said, wasn't it upstairs? Pat? Um, on the, I think I put it on the couch. It's a black Bible, but my, my green, my green um, keys. Oh, there it is. I found it. Sorry about that. We um, we were praying upstairs and um, with the Russian people, and we got carried away, and I left my Bible upstairs. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read to us out of Psalms 36 this morning. So if you've got your Bibles here, you can turn there. So long. Sorry, I'm struggling so much with this earpiece this morning. Pat, can you help me with my ear? Keep some... Say, thanks. So, Thoms, Psalms 36. And I'm going to read from... I'm going to read from verse 5. Psalms 36 from verse 5. I'm going to first read out of the New King James Version. And then I'm quickly going to just read it also out of the, the Passion Translation. So um, if you're there with me, I'm going to read it. Verse 5, it says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you gave them drink from the, the, the river of your pleasures. Isn't that just beautiful? At verse, verse 8, I'm going to read it again. It says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. So uh, it's talking about abundance. And it's talking about fullness. And it's talking about these people that's abundantly satisfied out of the fullness of God's house. And then it goes on and says, And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. I don't know whom of you have ever thought of that. You know, like, just, just picture that. Like, how does that look like? Um, 
I think so, so few Christians actually know that there is a river of pleasure running from, from God's throne. You know? And he gives you drink from that river of, of pleasure um, running from his throne. And heaven is a lot different than what we think it is. Um, we think heaven is this place of we're going to sit on clouds and play little harps, you know, and, <laughs> and um, sing with the angels. And, you know, it's like th- those movies that you, that you see. But heaven is actually a very, for the lack of a better word, a very extreme place. And what I mean by that is it's extreme joy and it's extreme pleasure and it's extreme peace that's just flooding from the throne of God and it's flooding heaven. And the people in heaven know, um, someone that I know, that I know saw a vision once that of, um, of the throne of God. The Lord showed him a vision. And we've got this picture of in heaven, you know, it's the, the angels and they just say like, holy, 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 you know, holy, holy, holy. And everything is like, you know, calm and collected and all that. But it's not like that at all. Like this, this vision that this guy saw was these angels and their wings are like going like almost like a bee's wings, you know, like flapping like this. Like, and they're just like, holy, 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 holy. Like they're, and they're an absolute astonishment of who God is. And it's carrying on for millions and millions and millions of years. And they just keep on seeing new facets of God and seeing new just characteristics of who He is. And every time they're blown away, like they, they're absolutely blown away by this majestic, amazing God that they're seeing. And they, it's almost like they can't handle the angels like that's in, been there for millions of years. I don't know who, how long, but all of eternity. Like... They still can't handle that amazing God, that the presence of the amazing God. And they, they, it's that, that what he's talking here about is that, that, that rivers of joy and peace and love that's just emanating from God. And the angels are experiencing that all the time and they are literally blown away. Amen. And that's just a little glimpse of, of heaven. That's just a little glimpse of our daddy. You know, he's... <laughs> He's, he's absolutely amazing. Like he's, I mean, words can't describe who he is. And this is what David is trying to do. Is he's trying to give us a glimpse of this God. You know? he's, but it's, I mean, through translations, you know, and through put, trying to put it on words, you know, so many things get gets lost. But that's where David dwelled. It was in that place. And he saw this. And that's why I said, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the rivers of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So there's obviously a fountain of life. And there's light emanating from the throne. And it's that light that illuminates us. So that we can see light. And in verse 10, I'm going to end up with verse 10. It says, Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. So it talks about His love. <laughs> his, his real, real love that's, that's emanating from Him um, to, the, to His people, to His sons and His daughters, to His children. 
Now I'm going to read the same verses. I'm quickly going to read out of the, the Passion Translation. So Rana, if you can quickly um, switch it over there. Um, I'm just going to open up my Bible. Okay. Verse 5 says, But you, O Lord, your mercy seat love is limitless, reaching higher than the highest heavens. Okay, so does that ring a bell when it talks about, But you, O Lord, your mercy seat love is limitless, reaching higher than the highest heavens. So we all know about the mercy seat. If you don't know, I'll quickly explain. But God took Moses onto the mountain, right? And um, the, on, the, on this mountain, the glory of God is on this mountain. It's this cloud. But with, what, it's, what it actually was, was, let me quickly explain to you, is heaven is not far away. Okay? Heaven is right here. But it's just in a different realm. Okay? So when Jesus... If you go and read your Bible and go and study your Bible, you'll see that when Jesus was taken up into heaven, you know, like the apostles were there and they were worshipping Him, you know, and they, He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and the Bible says, and he, took, he was taken up with a cloud. But all of us think like it's like this, this cloud coming and He's picking Him up, you know, and there he rides the cloud and like eventually it's almost like a, a helium balloon that you see going up. You're like, oh, there it goes. Yeah, I can still see it like oh, it's getting smaller. And so. It wasn't like that. What a cloud rep represents or what a cloud is in the Bible, the old and the new covenant, is the doorway to the next realm. Okay? The doorway to the next realm. So, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, what happened? Is they were all there, and the next moment, there was a cloud. Okay? And the Father was there, and He was speaking, and, and Moses and Elijah was there, and they appeared. Okay? You'll find often where there's heavenly visitations, there's a cloud. Okay? Because the cloud is the doorway. And now it's raining from clouds. <laughs> so, the cloud is a doorway and it shows us that heaven isn't far away, it's close. Okay? Your daddy isn't far away, he's actually close. And I'm going to talk a bit about that, but you can actually go and visit him. And like I said, it's just, it's just a different realm that you, that you enter in. And this is what, what David understood when he spoke here. So what happened, coming back to Moses, so Moses was on this mountain, there was a cloud. And then God sent Moses back and he says to him, be careful in Numbers, I think it's Numbers 23, he says to him, be careful that you build this tabernacle exactly according to the pattern that I shown you on the mountain. So what happened was God showed Moses heaven. Okay, the cloud was there. Moses was taken into the different realm, the realm of heaven in that cloud, and he saw how heaven looks like. And God said to him, 
copy this, what you see here, heaven, and build a tabernacle according to the pattern that I've shown you on the mountain. And that is what Moses did. He went down and he built the tabernacle. And we all know about the tabernacle. That's why the tabernacle is still today in a new covenant. It's still significant because Paul says it's a type and a shadow of the real thing. Okay? So the temple, or the tabern it was first a tabernacle and then they built the temple. It was a type and a shadow of the real thing. And which is in heaven. So the temple and the tabernacle gives us a glimpse of how it looks like in heaven. And that is why we, we know that we, it was the outer court, it was the, 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 the holy place, and then it was the holies of holies. And we know that in the holies of holies was the ark of the covenant, which was actually the mercy seat was there, and it was the, the cherubims, the angels standing like that with their wings. Okay, that's what, that's what was in the holies of holies. So here David talks, and verse 5, you can put it up again. But you, O Lord, your mercy seed love is limitless, reaching higher than the highest heavens. So David is talking about that mercy seed, and that love is emanating from that mercy seed. Okay? And it's reaching, reach, reaching each and every one of us. Then he goes on. And he says, Your great faithfulness is infinite, stretching over the whole earth. Now, I just felt the Lord saying to each and every one of us that He's, he's reminding us of His faithfulness. And I know it's a word that's often being said that, yeah, God is faithful, God is faithful. But I don't think we really have a complete understanding of how faithful he is and what i mean by that is we live in a world and we're used to people saying something to us but then doing something different okay we're we're, we're used to that and without us knowing it it's just natural all of us when we paint a picture of who god is we take the best person that we can think of. You, you don't even know you're doing it, but we take the best person that you can think of and you think, yeah, God must be very similar to that. But yet even the best person that you can think of sometimes says something and do something different. So subconsciously in our minds, we think God is like that. We think God is someone that's going to change his mind. We think God is going to be someone that tells you something and then does something different or doesn't keep his promises but if you if you're in that realm of heaven and you see how heaven operates you'll understand that there's no difference between a person whether it's god or the saints or whatever that's in heaven there's no difference between their words and who they are their character so that's why the Bible says is that Jesus is the Word of God. Okay? He is the Word of God. So it's, it's a person. The Word of God is a per person. The promises of God is a person. And it cannot change. You know, it's, it's, it's who He is. It's in His DNA. So, and I just feel the Lord wants to remind all of us of what did He speak to you? long ago recently 
Like, what was those things that He spoke to you about your life? What was those things that He said to you about your life? Because what He's wanting to say to you through this verse, that your great faithfulness is infinite, stretching over the whole earth. That His faithfulness is stretching over the whole earth. It's almost like a blanket. And it covers you. And the things that He spoke to you will come to pass. The things that He said to you will come to pass. And I just feel like there's people here this morning that the Lord wants to encourage you about that. He wants to remind you of the things that He's spoken to you, the things that that He said to you. And because He said it, Isaiah says, when God speaks something, it's impossible for that word to return void. It will accomplish what He set it out to do. It will accomplish. It will be effective because it's His word. Now, if you think about it, when He spoke, the sun and the universe and the stars were created. <laughs> Our world was created just through His word, just be one spoken word. So if, if He spoke something to you, it's going to happen. <laughs> Okay, it's impossible, the Bible says, it is impossible for God to lie. He is not a man like us that He can lie. It's impossible. And I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage us this morning that those promises that He made you, you can actually start getting excited about it. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can start to rejoice because it's going to happen. Because it's Him. It's not dependent on your abilities. It's not dependent on your performance. It's Him. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And He always wins. (laughs) He always wins. He doesn't know how to lose. You know, just just imagine that. He doesn't know how to lose. So I'm going to go on, verse 6. And it says, Your righteousness is unmovable, just like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are full of wisdom, as the oceans are full of water. Your tender care and kindness leave no one forgotten. Not a man, not even a mouse. <laughs> so his, his tender care and kindness leaves no one forgotten. And in this week, the Lord spoke to me, and He said to me, Stoffel, every single person that confesses Jesus as the Son of God, that believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, every single person is my son and my daughter. Every one of those people are my children. And then he said to me, and it just just blew my mind. He said to me, Sovo, I know you know it, but you don't really know it. That every single one of those people, I've got a plan for their life. Every single one of those people, I have set out a purpose and a destiny. And it's that Jeremiah 11 where it says, I know the plans that I have for you. It's plans for good. (laughs) Not for calamity, but to give you a hope and a future. And he said to me, that's not a general thing that I just spoke over Israel. That is how I feel and what's the truth for every single one of my, my children. Every single one of them. No matter how insignificant, no matter how poor or how rich or whatever, how old or young. For every single one of his children. Because he's a daddy. You know, he's a daddy. And he doesn't have 
He doesn't have favorites. You know, like he cares about every single person. And this is what it says here. This is what David says here. is that your tender care, so he cares for every single one of his children. Your tender care and kindness leaves no one forgotten. Not a man, not even a mouse. So, I mean, that's what Jesus was trying to say to his disciples over and over and over. If God cares about the ravens, if he cares about a little mossy, you know, and he feeds him and he takes care of him, how much more his sons and his daughters? Yeah? How much more his children? And it's just like, it's just mind blowing when you think about this, you know, I don't know how, but how many Christians there are, but I know it's more than a billion, um, maybe almost two billion by now, because there's. Like the, the rate that people are getting saved all across the world is just unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. Like China, Iran, Russia, India, all these places, people are getting saved. Like hundreds of thousands of people are getting saved constantly. So we don't know how many, but like let's say there's two billion Christians. Like two billion of them, God cares for them and He has a purpose for them. And he's already written Psalms. Uh, David says in Psalms, he says, "You've already written my life in your book." So it's already written down. Every like all two billion that's Christians is living in and just getting more and more. His plans and his purposes for them, he's already written it down in heaven. <laughs> it's set out there, and he's trying to reveal it to them. He's trying to speak it to them. And that's why prophetic ministry is so important in the church today. Because God wants His children to know His plans for them. And His purposes for them. And His future for them. He wants them to know about it. And, and that's obviously, like I said, when we struggle to hear His voice, that's where He used prophetic ministry to reveal to us our, His plans and His purposes for our lives. But it's when it's released, like I said, his faithfulness is just off the charts. <laughs> His word will not return void. It will happen. And I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage us with that. Is that it's going to happen. So you can get excited. <laughs> Verse 7 says, O oh God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. So I'm just going to quickly stop here. It says, how extravagant is your cherishing love? So his love is just not this concept that we have in our mind. His love cherishes you. You're like a, a, a treasure to him. <laughs> okay, you're his treasure. And his love comes and cherishes you. And um, he holds you and he hugs you. I mean, show me a good father that doesn't hold and hug his children. Okay. So he holds us and he hugs us. And um, if, you, if you haven't experienced that before, it's still reality. <laughs> it's still truth. And he wants to take you into that. He wants to take you into that reality. He wants to take you into that truth. But I wanna, what I want to touch on is then it says, All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. So often in Psalms, it talks about the shadow of his wings. Okay? But what it actually refers to is that place, the holies of holies, where the, the wings are overshadowing the mercy seat. Okay? And it's actually like 
there's a shadow because the glory of God that's emanating, there's actually a shadow there on his, on his right hand and on his left hand where you can find a hiding place. <laughs> where you can find a safe space. Um, I'm going to come back to that, but I just wanted to, to paint you that picture of the holies of holies. And then it says, All my drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house, all my drink they're full from the delightful springs of Eden. To know you is to experience a flowing fountain, drinking in your life, springing up to satisfy. In your light we receive the light of revelation. Lord, keep pouring out your unfailing love on those who are near you. Release more of your blessings to those who are loyal to you. So, the psalmist here, David, he's talking about the shadow of his wings and just what happens in that place of the shadow of his wings. And the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, that's a real place for each and every one of us. Now, those of you who weren't here, I think like three Sundays ago, no, it was more than that. It was you know, quite a few Sundays ago. I I preached about the, the verse where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And the fact that you've got a place, a home, a room in heaven that is yours, <laughs> a secret place in heaven that is only yours, where you can meet with your, with your daddy, where you can meet with your father and, um, and be with him. But I felt the Lord say to me to just explore that a little bit more and I'm going to go to a, a very, very well-known um, psalm. So we touched on it now in Psalm 36. But I'm going to go now to a very well-known psalm. And you can turn with me to Psalms 81. Oh, 91, sorry. Psalms 91. From verse 1. Psalms 91 verse 1 says... He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So here we see again that the psalmist is talking about the secret place. <laughs> and we saw that Jesus also spoke about the secret place in Matthew in Matthew 6, he spoke about the secret place. And he says, when you go, go into the secret place and pray to your Father. And your Father that's in the secret place will reward you openly. <laughs> and I'm going to show you some parallels in the Word of God. In what God is doing in this time that we're living in now. But I'm quickly going to go further. It says... I'm going to read quite fast, but it says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the prodigious pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So again, again we see the psalmist talking about the wings and the feathers, and that he will protect you there, and that you will be safe there. 
You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. So it's, it's such an amazing picture. Like, it's almost like you standing there, you're in the shadow of his wings, you're in the secret place, and it's like all around you there's destruction and people are struggling and people are like, yeah, no, what's going on? And, like, and you're just like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Physically you're in the same place, but spiritually you're not. <laughs> Physically you're in the same place. And people are like, I, I hear this often, like people are like, just like, but what are you talking about? It's almost like you're living in a different world. You know, like, and people... And this is what the psalmist is talking about here, is they will fall all around you, but you will be preserved and you will be protected through divine protection. I'm going to skip then a few verses because we know it very well. I'm going to read verse 14. It says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, it's this amazing psalm, but sometimes I feel, it feels to me like Christians doesn't actually understand how the spiritual realm works and doesn't understand what this psalm is actually talking about. So, I want to explain to you through a story. It's a it's an amazing story. So, uh, I knew a, a girl. She was my friend, um, and this happened actually to her. So, she was still in high school, and she went to Kaukan Car. I think all of you know what Kaukan Car is. Klein Karua Nationale Kunstofies. Okay. So Kaukan Car. She went to Kaukan Car because she was a Christian, um, and she was full of the Holy Spirit, but she loved music she was a singer and she just loved music so much and that's why she went to cock and car for the music you know like to listen to the music and and so on and so on but those of you who have been to cock and car would know that cock and car is not a godly place at all you know it's like young people go there just to drink and do drugs and do everything that's that's wrong so she was there but obviously she didn't partake in any of that. She just went to the shows and, and she lived in what they call Tentadorp. So Tentadorp is like the worst of all of it. Like, it's like all these students and, and kids that just go and live in small tents on this rugby field. And, yeah. so, uh, so she's there, she's living there in a, in a small tent with her friends. And I can't, at night, it was at night, one of her friends came to her. And he said to her, listen here, there's, I can't go on like this. And then he said to her, and there's, there's something inside of me. Um, and I know it's, I think it's a demon. And I want to be free. And he, he came to her and he said, like, can you help me? Now, she is a high school, she was a high school kid that said she didn't know anything, you know, like... <laughs> Um, she really didn't know much, but she was just like, okay. Um, 
she's read her Bible a few times, obviously, and she, she knows what, what, what stands in the Bible. So she was like, okay, I'm going to have to try. So, so she said, okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you that you'll give your life to Jesus. So she, she prayed with this guy, and he said yes, and she prayed with him, and he, he gave his life to Jesus. And then she commanded the, the demon to go. But as that, this was happening, the Lord opened up her spiritual eyes so that she can see what's taking place in the spiritual realm and in the spiritual atmosphere while this is happening. So she, she commanded the demon to go, and she was amazed. She just said, okay, demon, go in the name of Jesus. You know? And she was amazed that the demon actually left. Um, so the demon left, and then she asked the Lord, okay, Lord, but what should I do now? And she clearly heard the Lord say to her, pray that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And she was like, okay. So she, she prayed for him, and she prayed that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't, can't remember all the details, but in the spirit realm, she saw literally how God came and lived inside of this person. And it was the glory of God that came and rested on this guy. But she said what was amazing was that because God was living in this person and like, like obviously like all the de demons left, there was a circle around them. So she was obviously with him, but, and Jesus was living inside of her as well through his spirit. There was a, in the spiritual realm, there was a circle around them of glory and light. And she said all across Tentadorp, it was just darkness and demons. She, she could see the demons like ministering to people and, you know, like speaking to people and oppressing people. She could see the demons um, all across Tentadorp and just, it, she said it was like terrible to, to actually see that. But where they were, there was the circle of light and the demons couldn't come close to that. They couldn't, they couldn't even, they couldn't come into the circle, they couldn't even come close to the circle. And she said it was so funny, at one stage, there was actually one dumb demon that tried to come close, and he literally like fell back. Um, without nothing, nothing, no one prayed, nothing happened, and she saw God laughing. Like, like he was like laughing <laughs> at what happened with this, this, this demon. Like, God didn't even try. Like, it's literally like his presence. They cannot come into his presence. Like, even if they try, they, they cannot come into his presence. And it's that, that psalm where it says that God laughs at his enemies. And she saw that literally. She saw how God was laughing at the demons. There's, people, there's no contest between God and the devil. There's no contest. Like, he is defeated. <laughs> like, he's, he's absolutely defeated. He wants you to think that there's a contest. And he wants you to think that he can do some stuff, you know. But the only power that the, that the enemy has is the, ta the power that Christians give to him. It was the same in the garden. It's the power that Christians give to him. That's the only power. I'm not going to go into that teaching. I'll maybe preach on that a little bit more. But that's not what I want to preach about. Is the spiritual atmosphere, God gave this goal like a glimpse of how it looks like. And, um, and she had, it went further. It was like an amazing encounter that she had. And the Lord started speaking to her. There was another Christian guy 
that wasn't part of that. She saw him walking there, and the Lord said to her, like, look at him, he's actually talking to me now um, while he's walking there, and I love it so much. And the Lord just, like, showed his heart for her to that, to that guy. She knew the guy, but um, any case. This is Psalms 91. <laughs> and the Lord wants to encourage us and reveal to us that this is a reality. This is not just some verses that we read. It's real. And when you come into that place of the secret place, because it starts here, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. This is the protection that I dwell, that no demon can come into that place. Nothing evil can come into that place. Nothing can touch you when you're in that place. And the Lord said to me, like, Stoffel, I want you <laughs> to encourage people to come. Now, I'm going to explain to you a few things, and I think this is really the, the crux of what I feel the Lord wants to say to you. But, and it's just for you to, to have a better understanding of this, this Christian life. And you can, you can turn with me to Hebrews 10, so long. So Hebrews is an amazing book, um, because Hebrews actually talks about the old covenant and the old temple and the old tabernacle and what happened in the new covenant. So before, I, before I'm going to read out of Hebrews 10, we're starting a, a year of intimacy here at church and I think I've spoken about it before but it's a, it's a full-time school where we're going to worship every single day and we're going to pray and we're just going to be intimate with Jesus and sit under His Word and um, just allow Him to do what He wants to do um, in our lives and take us deeper into His, into his heart and into intimacy. Now, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, but what's important for us to know is that there's more than two ways, but there's two main ways that we have fellowship with the Lord. Okay? So, and the Bible clearly talks about both of them. So the first thing is, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We all know that scripture very well. And then he says, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So, We've got a promise in Scripture where Jesus said, He will be with us always. And we know how does He do that? Through His Spirit. Okay, So the Holy Spirit, like that example that I spoke about now, what happened with this girl, that she led, this guy that she led to the Lord, and she prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill Him. So the Holy Spirit has filled you, and He lives inside of you, and He's walking with you um, constantly. So that's an that's a absolute reality that's an absolute truth okay now we're not aware of that all the time and that's how we grow is we become more aware of that truth that is with you all the time so that's the that's the one truth and it's obviously in this worldly realm that we live in 
Then the other truth that the Word of God talks about is that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And this is all these scriptures that I spoke to you about now. The psalmist, David and Moses and all these guys, they are talking about the holies of holies. They're talking about the throne room of God. They're talking about heaven. You can call it whatever you want. You know, like, you can call it Mount Zion. You can call it the New Jerusalem. You can call it the, the holies of holies. You can call it the mercy seat. You can call it heaven. You can call it the throne room. There's so many names that you can give for it, but it's all basically the same thing. You know, it's in heaven, in the holies of holies, in the presence of God, under the shadow of His wings. Um, there's a place. It's the secret place. Jesus called it the secret place. And I quite like that, you know, like the secret place. Because it talks about intimacy. It talks about you being special, a special place where you and and God meet together. So the Lord said to me that not many Christians understand that they've got full access to the holiest of holies. And not just full access, but they, they are actually seated there. Because <laughs> again, like Paul said, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where is Christ seated? He's seated at the right hand of God. So you are seated at the right hand of God in the holies of holies, right next to the mercy seat. That is your position. It's the same with the fact that He is with you in this worldly realm every single moment of the day. That's His promise. That He's with you every single moment of the day. So, do we experience that all the time? No. Is it a reality to us all the time? No. Sometimes we feel far away. Sometimes we feel disconnected from God. No? But the truth still is that He's with you. The only separation there is is the lies that we're believing. But what the Lord is saying, what He's doing in these last times is... so. A lot of Christians, if you speak to them about that truth, you know, the fact that He's with you in this worldly realm, when you wash your dishes, when you're at work, when you change your car tire, you know, when you go to the shops, He's with you in this worldly realm, He's with you. A lot of Christians are aware of that, you know, of, of that truth. But what He's doing now is He's teaching us about the other truth as well. The other reality, and that is that we are seated with Him in heavenly places. So does it feel like that? No, not all the time. Does it feel like we're there all the time? No. But He's teaching us the fact that we are living out of two realms at the same time. You're living out of two realms at the same time. And that's why our name is so cool, because it's heaven and earth. <laughs> You're living out of heaven and you're living out of earth at the same time. Heaven and earth. And He's taking us into a more of a greater awareness and a greater reality of the fact that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And He's revealing it to us more and more. And that's basically the main core of my message this morning but that's why I want to read to you out of Hebrews 10 because these things are not being really taught a lot if you think about it these things are not being taught but it's in the Bible 
No, it's, it's, this is not my ideas. It's in the Bible. So I'm going to read to you some of my favorite, favorite verses. Hebrews 10. I must just quickly find um, the one that I really want to read to you. Um, okay. We, uh, I'm going to read from verse 32. And it says, but, rec- but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering, partly while you were made a spectacle both of reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. Um, Sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Verse 19. (laughs) Oh, actually, I found it now. Now I'm in the right place. (laughs) Verse 11, sorry. Um, So I'm going to read from verse 11. It says, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So this is talking about the old covenant, the priest of the old covenant that's sacrificed the lambs and the goats continually, but it can never take away sin. Verse 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, so this is obviously talking about Jesus, one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. For that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. So, there was, in the Old Covenant, it was continual sacrifices. In the New Covenant, Jesus was sacrificed once and for all. And that took away the sins of the world once and for all. And then Jesus went and He sat down at the right hand of God. It's interesting that He didn't stand, He sat down. Why did He sit down? Because it was finished. What He did on the cross was a complete and finished work. Then um, verse 14 says, For by one offering... He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Amazing scripture. Write it down. Write it on your forehead. You know. Hebrews 10 verse 14 says, For by one offering, the offering of Jesus, He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So through the sacrifice of Jesus, He has perfected you. And that is, that's your state. He says, in, in Colossians, Paul says, you are complete in Him who is the head of all principalities and powers. So you are complete in Him. Through, through His sacrifice, He has perfected you. But again, it's that thing of like, that's the reality. This is our experience. God is bringing our experience closer to, our reali- to, to reality, to truth. He's bringing us into that place. So in the Spirit... He has perfected us through what Jesus has done on the cross. It's not something, I often like to say this, when we were, sometimes we were taught that thing of like, yeah, God looks through you through the blood of Jesus. So it's almost like this piece of red paper and He's looking through you through His Son. That's a lie because what, it, what that actually says is like, yeah, you're still filthy and you're still dirty and you're still a bad person. But God just chooses not to see that and he looks through to you through his son and looks to you through his blood that's not the truth that's not what the bible teaches the bible teaches is that the blood of jesus has washed away all your sin and not just washed away all your sin but he has transformed you into a new creation something brand new and he has perfected you 
the new man, that's why Paul says, put on the new man in perfect righteousness and holiness. Through what Jesus done on the cross, He has perfected you and He's made you a new creation and He has <laughs> made you in perfect righteousness and holiness. So God is not looking to you like, okay, I'm just going to choose not to say, no, He's removed that. <laughs> he's completely removed that and He's made you completely brand new. And when He looks at you, He's like, Wow. That is my son. <laughs> that is my daughter. When he looks at you, he's like, he's, he's a proud father. <laughs> he's a proud father. That, that's how he sees you. And we as Christians need to see ourselves like that. Because Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you start to see yourself the way that he sees you, it will set you free. Because so that is how he sees you, through the sacrifice. It's nothing that you did through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. He has perfected you forever for those who are being sanctified. So it's talking about both those things. You've been perfected, but he's taking you into it. <laughs> that's, your, that's your state. You know, that is who you are, and he's taking you into that reality. And that's how you mature, is you actually renew your mind to be like, oh, wow, that's actually who I am. <laughs> So then, I'm going to read on, verse 15 says, But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after He had said before, so now He talks about the new covenant. I'm quickly going to read that because it's so powerful. It says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. That he, then He adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more, now, where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. So what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say here is that your sins are forgiven. Okay? Your, your sins are forgiven. That is the new covenant, is that God has removed your old heart. He's given you a new heart. You're a new creation. And that your sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future sins. Jesus has forgiven that on the cross. Your sins are forgiven. And that's what the vision that Tracy saw, that the whole thing of there's no more shame. What is shame? Shame is when you do something bad, the Holy Spirit comes and tells you, that was, that was wrong, but you're way more awesomer than that, than how you were acting. Okay? So the Holy Spirit lifts you into your true identity. Shame is you stole, shame comes and he says you're a thief. Okay. You drank too much. Shame comes and tells you you're an alcoholic. Okay. Shame always wants to link the mistakes that you've made to your identity. And the Lord is removing shame. And He's coming to tell you that, no, I have perfected you through what I've done on the cross. And when I look at you, I don't see you as a thief or a murderer or an alcoholic or someone, a liar or whatever. You know, whatever labels the world has placed on you, whatever labels people have placed on you, Jesus is coming right now by the Spirit and He's removing that. He's removing those labels of shame. He's removing those labels of identity, trying to tell you, who you are, but the world 
And the devil will never be able to define who you are. It's only your father. And your father says that you are beautiful. And your father says that you are perfect. And your father says that you are amazing. And that is the truth. And it's only when we let go of that shame, let go of that false identities, that we can embrace that truth of who we really are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish off with this last part. And it says, verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh. So when Jesus died on the cross, His flesh was torn apart, and at the same time, the veil of the temple was also torn apart. And that veil was torn, and it says He made open a new and living way for us to come with boldness into the holies of holies because of the blood of Jesus. So Jesus, after He was resurrected, He went into the holies of holies and He sprinkled His blood onto the mercy seat. And because of that blood that's been sprinkled there and the blood that's been sprinkled on you as Christians, you can enter into the holies of holies with boldness. And then He says... And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for you promised is faithful. Let us consider one another for, in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So that's part of us assembling together, is to encourage one another to enter into the holies of holies with boldness. And it goes on, I'm not going to read that, but it goes on and says, Let us therefore enter into the holies of holies, so that we may receive grace. And that grace is what we use to serve God acceptably. So if we don't go in, if we don't enter in, that's why we struggle. That's why we don't feel protected. It's once we go in, we're in protection. And once we're there, we receive grace from the mercy seat. And that grace is the empowerment of God to love a supernatural life. To love this Christian life that He's called us to love. So, I want to encourage you, and I think we're going to talk a lot about this in the, in the year of intimacy as well, but I want to encourage each and every one of us to, it's your birthright as a son and daughter of God to enter into the holies of holies. But not just that. So sometimes people talk about, I went to heaven and what, what, and they make it this hectic, difficult thing. It's not. It's your birthright. But not just that. You're already there. You're already there. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is your position. You're already there. You don't even have to try to go there. You can just close your eyes and you're there. And you're continually there. And I believe that the Lord is taking us and teaching us how to live out of that place continually. Every single day. Live out of that place continually. There's so much more that I wanted to say, but I'm completely out of time. So I'm going <laughs> to end off.
um, and just, just praying for us. Father, I just thank you that you are here. I thank you, Lord, that we are seated with you right now in heavenly places, that we're with you in the holies of holies, in your throne room, Lord, under the shadow of the wings. <laughs> and Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, that right now I just see I just see Jesus coming and He's bringing salvation to people. I just see like He's, he's bringing like the cup of salvation to people. He's bringing salvation to people that's here right now. I just see the Lord just, just healing hearts right now as you sit there. I just see Him bringing restoration to your life where you, you, you thought like, Lord, I've messed up so much. Lord, I... I think I'm a bad person and the Lord comes and He says, no, you're not. <laughs> I make you brand new and I can restore everything that the enemy has stolen and I'm doing it right now. And I just see the Lord restoring people's lives. He's restoring like years that you've lost, years where you've just been in a bad space, disconnected from the Lord. I just see the Lord restoring those years in people's lives right now. I just see people, people's faith, your faith and your trust, your childlike trust is being restored right now as you're in His presence, as you're in the holies of holies. I just see a sense of protection that's flooding over people right now. Like it's, you can feel it. You can feel it that you're protected. Like where you felt insecure and afraid in the past, I just see the, the, the presence of the Lord flooding over you right now and He's removing that fear He's removing that, um, that anxiety. And I just see him, that divine protection from this, under the shadow of his wings just coming over people. And I just thank you for that, Lord. I just release it over people right now. I just see the Lord um, healing, healing people's knees. Um, people that you're struggling with knee problems. I see frozen fingers. The Lord is healing that. I see um, elbow, um, shoulders. Um, People that's struggling with, with shoulders, I see the Lord is healing that. I see um, hips. The Lord is aligning people's hips and, and bringing healing to, to hips that's not, that's not aligned. I just see um, eyesight. The Lord is restoring people's eyesight. He's improving your eyesight right now as you're in His presence. And I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that, Jesus. I see the Lord, um, I see the Lord saying to people that... Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Your, the best years of your life is yet to come. As you yield to Him, as you surrender, just, just surrender. There's some, there's some things that you're worried about. I see there's things that you're worrying about. And I just hear the Lord saying that, just surrender. Just give it to me. Just roll it over onto me. Just give it to me. Just surrender. And I see that as you're doing that, that times of refreshing is coming because of His presence. Times of refreshing is coming because of His presence. And I thank You for that. I thank You for that, Lord.